Hi there, my name is Maddie Miles, integrative health practitioner, female hormone expert, and founder of Peace Love Hormones. Our mission is to educate and empower menstruators to take back control of their menstrual health through education and through top quality functional supplements. And welcome to our amazing podcast show where we will uncover why your health may be struggling and how to heal your hormones and optimize the health of your entire body naturally. Now let's get to it. Hello, you sweet friend of mine. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this is your first time to the Peace Love Hormones podcast, welcome. I am so happy that you are here. Chances are you probably found this podcast through social media. And if you didn't, head over to Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, all of the things, and give us a follow. My page is at the Maddie Miles and Peace Love Hormones. My brand is just Peace Love Hormones. And if this is not your first rodeo with Peace Love Hormones, welcome back, sister, brother, however you identify we are going to talk about a very important topic today, and that is the hormonal birth control pill. However, before we get into it, as we always do, let's talk about some updates in my life and for Peace Love Hormones. So I right now am about to ovulate. I'm feeling incredibly energetic. What day is it today? It is May 10th. Happy May. I cannot believe it's already May. But that being said, I am approaching ovulation. I am definitely experiencing lots of fertile signs. So my cervical fluid, my cervical mucus is changing. It's becoming that stretchy egg white type of material. My libido is through the roof. Every time I look at Braxton, I'm like, let's go. (laughs) And my energy is really high. I'm able to tolerate higher intensity workouts right now. I'm craving much lighter, fresher, more raw foods. However, balance always. I'm not eating all raw foods because that would be really tough on my digestive system. And that could show up as PMS in my luteal phase, which follows my ovulation. So I am having balance with it all. I am enjoying this ovulatory phase because it's hot and sunny and beautiful here in Austin. That also is a reason why I am number one, energetic and want to be outside and I want to be social, but also my craving for the colder, more raw and fresh foods. As for peace love hormones, things are going absolutely incredible, as always, because I love what I do, we love what we do, and we all love each other so much, and we love you so much because you are a huge part of the peace love hormones family. So the new formula of Soothe, which has two new herbs in it, and it is a liquid tincture form, so yay for being more absorbable, it has finally released, and we have been sending out shipments for the last two weeks. Everyone's been getting their new tincture of Soothe, and it's making me so happy. Happy beyond words, truly. I know that some of you had had some confusion on how much is two milliliters, so do not worry. The next batch of Soothe and every batch of Soothe moving forward will have graduated droppers so your next shipment chances are you will have a graduated dropper and if not do not worry that just means that you'll have to really listen to what I'm about to say because it's very very simple and also we do have this all over social media we have this on YouTube as a video we have it on our website as a video and we'll have it the detailed instructions in our package insert so a two milliliters is just that full dropper filled all the way to the top so everyone's dropper is slightly 
completely different. However, most of our droppers only fill up halfway, about halfway when we do an average squeeze. So in that case, you just need two squeezes. But of course, the herbs are to be used how you need it. So if you're having an acute issue, let's say really painful cramps, you can up your dosage and perhaps you're taking one milliliter three times a day. So in the morning, midday, and in the evening. However, for the standard dosage, we say two milliliters once a day. I prefer to take it in the morning and I really recommend everyone else takes it in the morning. I think you will definitely receive the most benefit out of it. Now, that's not for everyone. Some people take it later on in the day and they still love their Soothe and have such amazing benefits from it and they're really reaping the benefits. But my personal and professional practitioner advice is to take it in the morning with breakfast. So yay! And you can just put it directly underneath your tongue. The herbs in there are bitter, which is great for stimulating digestion and liver detoxification. However, I really recommend putting it into some water. So it can be something as small as a fourth a cup of water or a whole glass of water as you're hydrating yourself in the morning. Before you start drinking your water in the morning and hydrating, which everyone I feel like in the wellness space promotes, make sure that you're tongue scraping and or oil pulling. So oil pulling and tongue scraping, incredibly simple. You can purchase a $10 stainless steel tongue scraper on Amazon or probably at your local health food store as well. And as for oil pulling, just buy some organic coconut oil the next time you're at the store. Put a spoonful worth in your mouth, let it melt, swish around for five to 10 minutes, spit out into a trash can so it doesn't harden and clog your sink. It's happened to me before. (laughs) And it helps to pull out the toxins that accumulate on our tongue in an our mouth while we are sleeping. So before you start chugging a bunch of water or herbal tea back, make sure that you are getting out all of the toxins so you're not just swallowing those back into your body. I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions on that, feel free to reach out on Instagram. And what else do I want to say before I get into a beautiful Soothe review? Oh, so bitters, our second herbal formula, is releasing in a little bit less than a month from now. So keep a lookout. It's going to be on our website, full ingredients breakdown. And this is comprised of various herbs and roots that are known as bitters. And we used to consume bitters so much more before the Western diet, the modern day diet, has really taken over. And the only bitter that most people really consume now is green tea or coffee. However, the issue with coffee is most people are sweetening it or adding milk to it or coconut milk or whatever it may be. So it's actually taking away the bitterness of it and you're losing those benefits. So gut health is incredibly important. It's important for our immune health. It's important for our hormone health. It's important for everything. And I want to make sure that not only are you all feeling comfortable throughout the day, you're not bloated, you're not gassy, you don't have indigestion because that's super uncomfortable in the short term, but also in the long term, it's creating and wreaking a lot of havoc on your entire body, all of its essential systems, and consequently on your hormones. So I really am passionate about digestive health. So I'm really excited for bitters to come out. It's this cute little green, also glass liquid tincture, and you all are going to love it. You can just take it on your tongue or in a small, small glass of water. 10 minutes before a meal and it will really help you to digest the food, extract all of the nutrients and vitamins and minerals from your food so that you can have the clear, beautiful, glowing skin and shiny, strong hair and no bloat or belly discomfort, you know, all of the things that we want, right? So 
I want to read the most recent review for Soothe. And this queen's name is Katie. Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for writing this review. I'm about to read it. She said, magical. The most amazing product. I just got off the pill two months ago and have been using this every day since. I was nervous about my periods being torturous, my acne returning, my mood, etc. But I haven't suffered any of that while being on Soothe. Cannot recommend it more. Woo-woo! Thank you, Katie. And I'm so flippin' happy that you are not experiencing any of that because who wants to have hormonal acne, mood swings, or any of that? So I'm really, really happy. And congratulations on your transition off of the pill. That's actually what we're about to talk about today. So that's very ironic. And I always just read the most recent review. So I didn't even plan that out. So... Ladies and gents and everyone, the birth control switches off hormones and this is really important and we are going to talk about this. This isn't going to be a crazy long episode. I really just want to give the facts. Everyone knows my stance on artificial hormones, on the implant, on the shot, on the pill, on the hormonal IUD. Everyone knows my thoughts about it. I was on it for six years myself. There is no judgment whatsoever. However, I just want you to know everything that the pill and synthetic hormones does to your body, what it does to your mind. Because for many of us, we feel really bad on these forms of contraceptive and we are not given any advice or support or education before starting the hormonal contraceptive while we're on it or afterwards. So that's why I do what I do, right? This is why I've done all of the studying and research that I've done, why I've created a whole brand, Peace Love Hormones, and movement around this, and why I have herbal remedies and all of the above, right? So this is all for you. It's for education first. I want to make sure that no one thinks that I'm judging them for being on hormonal contraceptive, but I want you to know everything about it. And I also want you to know that there are safer and better alternatives. And I have a whole podcast episode actually on alternatives for you. If you go back, I have no idea what episode it is. I think it's 30 or somewhere around there. A whole podcast episode on it. I break down all of the hormonal and non-hormonal options, including the copper IUD. And I have a corresponding blog post if you're like, I would way rather just read. Head over to our website and type in the search bar alternative methods, any of those keywords, alternative methods or birth control and all of the corresponding blogs will pop up. Also, you can just go and search through our podcast episodes and go to the description of that podcast episode and click the link for show notes. Always have so many options for you all because I love you. Okay, so... I understand that the pill specifically, which was the first form of hormonal contraceptive, was a very vital step in what was a struggle for us to legalize contraceptive. So I do celebrate that we were able to get some control, some power back right there. And I also acknowledge that if you experienced debilitating conditions such as severe endometriosis or really heavy periods, that the hormonal birth control pill can asterisk on the can provides some temporary relief. It does not fix the root cause, but again, some people are passing out during their period from pain. So, you know, if you can take a hormonal birth control pill for a month or two to help lessen those symptoms while we're working at it from a root cause level, I celebrate that there's an option for you so that you're not passing out. We do not want that ever, ever, ever. However,
However, I do not celebrate and I do not condone the really distorted message that the hormonal birth control pill and the shot and all these things and the IUD even, that these are the only way that we can prevent pregnancy. I also do not appreciate that the message around birth control and preventing pregnancy is all on the women. All of the responsibility is on the women when it's just fact, literally fact, that we are not fertile all the time, meaning we cannot get pregnant every single day of our cycle. However, our male counterpart, they can. They are fertile. Well, they can't get pregnant, but they are fertile every single day. Generally speaking, of course, there are many cofactors in our environment that's in existence today that is impacting male sperm quality and motility and therefore impacting fertility. So I understand this, I acknowledge this, but we're always just generally speaking, men are fertile all the time and women aren't. However, it's like in some twisted way, it's like the hormonal birth control pill was finally legalized because the patriarchy saw that, okay, well, if we legalize it, this still is like reinforcing the idea and the notion that birth control and birth prevention is all on the woman. So I hope you can kind of see like what take I am approaching right now with this. I am clearly a woman's activist, a woman's health activist, and huge supporter of all things that that encompasses. So I always look at it from, you know, a bunch of different lens. I have a very open heart, a very open mind, and I see things from all different angles. So there is a very distorted message that the pill and hormonal contraceptive is the only way to prevent pregnancy. There's a distorted message that preventing pregnancy is all on women. And there's also a distorted message that the pill is like this one fix for everything. You have PCOS, the pill. You have endometriosis, the pill. Anxiety, depression, insomnia, weight gain or weight loss, whatever it is, acne, go on the pill. And that's really, really harmful and detrimental. And on top of that, we are not told of the side effects. There are short-term side effects and there are long-term side effects. And they are incredibly harmful and can even be life-threatening. So... Let's get into that right now. (laughs) So first things first, the pill, it switches off our hormones in our ovaries and ovulation and our HPA axis communication. It does this in the short term and in the long term and causes both short and long term health effects. And there are many different brands and dosages, but the two main forms of the pill are the mini pill, which is progestin only. Progestin is the synthetic form of progesterone. And the combo, which is the most commonly prescribed, and that uses both synthetic estrogen and progesterone. And I'd like to quote one of my favorite researchers in women's health, Laura Bryden. She says, the pill is chemical castration. We cannot continue to not see this. Clinicians know it. Women themselves know it because they feel better off the pill. But researchers mysteriously decline to examine the reality that is right in front of us. They decline to challenge the pill gospel and instead waste research money comparing one pill to another. Why attempt to choose the best of a bad lot? The real question should be, aren't women better off without these drugs? I love that quote so much, and it is important to remind ourselves that the pill and synthetic hormones, they are drugs. So it's important to know that because most of us are taking them every day, and again, education first. And there are way better and safer ways to prevent pregnancy. 
So the notion that it regulates hormones, it just simply can't do that. So the next time that you hear that from a friend or a doctor or gyno or whoever it may be, just ignore it. Just tell them the truth and that it literally shuts off our ovaries and brain ovary communication and shuts off our body's ability to make its own hormones because we are getting the synthetic forms of estrogen and progesterone. And these synthetic forms not only do not have the same incredible benefits as our natural hormones do, but they can even cause dangerous side effects. For example, progestin in the two synthetic forms that are majorly used do not have the same effects as our natural hormone progesterone does. Both women and doctors have been tricked into believing that they're the same when this truly could not be further from the truth. Synthetic progesterone can cause depression and hair loss, abortion and fatal blood clots, whereas our wonderful natural progesterone does pretty much the opposite of all of that. And also the synthetic form of estrogen is called ethinylestradiol. And more common symptoms of the pill that I really want to get into are as follows. Number one, depression, which is a progestin side effect. This happens due to lack of ovulation and lack of normal production of hormones. And our hormones, especially estrogen, natural estrogen, are closely linked to our feel-good neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin. Symptom number two is low libido, low sex drive, and this happens due to the reduction of testosterone and DHEA. Also, the pill increases SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, and we can see that it can take years post-pill stopping for levels to return to normal, if they ever even do. Hair loss is symptom number three, and this is just simply a progestin side effect. Symptom number four that I want to mention is weight gain, and this is due to the insulin resistance, sugar cravings, and the prevention of muscle gain that women should expect to see with exercise all while taking the pill. Sometimes the metabolic damage from the pill is not so easily reversed just by stopping the pill, which is why we shouldn't be stopping this cold turkey. Regardless if you did or didn't have normal periods beforehand, you should still do the prep work before stopping the pill and right after you've stopped the pill. And just in general, adopting lifestyle and nutrition changes and herbal medicine and all of these things just lifelong to make sure that you just always feel your best as a woman and as a human with an ovulatory and menstrual cycle. Because the matter of fact is we do live in a world that's very male dominated. It has a lot of pollution and stress and all of these things that cause stress and inflammation on our body, which our beautifully delicate endocrine systems do not like so much. So unless you're living barefoot and naked on an island somewhere far away where you're only encountering very little toxicity, it's very important that we just really get into with our beautiful bodies and minds and cycles and living in a way, eating in a way, moving in a way, and taking herbal medicine all so that we feel our best and are our healthiest. And then the next symptom would be post-pill PCOS because the pill stops ovulation. And most of us are given a PCOS diagnosis after stopping the pill, and the only solution offered is the pill, which doesn't make any sense. The thing that caused you to get sick is not the thing that will fix you and fix your illness and reverse it. So that is just a very, very silly notion. And there are so many options for post-pill PCOS. And please listen to my podcast episode on PCOS as well. There are four different types of it. So depending on which one you have, the treatment plan is different. Post-pill acne. Acne is not fixed by synthetic estrogen. Even though synthetic estrogen does dry up oils and clears up skin acne for some people, 
the underlying root causes of your acne, which is usually liver malfunctioning and gut dysbiosis, it will still be there and perhaps even worse because of the pill once you stop the pill. And also the estrogen withdrawal for the three to four months after the cessation of the pill can cause acne, even if you didn't have acne beforehand. So I recommend, again, optimizing nutrition. I have a whole podcast episode on nutrition for your hormones, supplementing with zinc, especially if you're on the copper IUD. So many people really break out after the copper IUD because the copper levels compete with zinc levels and zinc is super important for our gut and our immune system and for our skin and for our hair. And then also using herbs. So I'll always go back to Soothe Herbs. I formulated Soothe Herbs for a reason. It's not just like a one herbal remedy. There are 10 different herbs in there that are all working in different ways, but also working together to support your liver and your gut and detoxification and your ovaries and your hypothalamic pituitary axis, everything. It's hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. It's really just total body mind supportive. So check it out. And the last one I want to mention, but certainly not the least, is blood clots. The newer progestins like the drospinerone and Yaz carry a frighteningly high risk for blood clots. But all hormonal contraceptive is associated with some risk. So definitely important to note that. Sure, the risk isn't crazy high, but if there's any risk at all, we should know about it, especially if you're on something like Yaz. So the best methods, in my opinion, are condoms and a barrier method, the fertility awareness method, tracking your cycle, tracking your fertile signs, your basal body temperature, cervical position and cervical mucus, all of those amazing things. And the non-hormonal IUD would be like the last one that I would suggest, um, just because a lot of us have issues with insertion and after exertion, perhaps even expulsion. So, but you know, at least it's not directly giving you synthetic hormones and it's not supposed to stop ovulation. It has that effect for some people, but that's not the primary way that it works. And we do not want to be stopping ovulation. We really, really do not want to ever be stopping ovulation. We need to ovulate. It's very incredibly healthy for us. We need to ovulate in order to have progesterone and to have adequate levels and balanced levels of progesterone and estrogen. So because once we ovulate, that bursted sac, that bursted follicle, turns into a temporary gland called the corpus luteum. And that is what progesterone is produced from for the 12 to 14 days after ovulation and right before you have your period, unless you get pregnant. So most of you did not have the greatest experience with the pill, which is why I really wanted to talk about this. And there are so many other symptoms that many of us experienced that I didn't even get into today. For me, Something that I really experienced on the pill was panic attacks, um, also chronic insomnia, and I actually experienced weight loss on the pill. So I looked really sick and ill and, you know, everyone has a different body type and a very unique metabolism. So for me, it actually did the reverse damage to my metabolic health and it was just really not good. So no matter what you're experiencing from the pill, it is really unique to you, but these are some of the most common side effects of the hormonal birth control pill and just any hormonal-based contraceptive, especially those that stop ovulation. So I hope that this was informative. 
and just know that you're always supported truly there are so many options out there for you so don't feel overwhelmed I know that when I was getting into the space years and years and years ago I was so overwhelmed because number one I felt like oh my gosh I've been lied to my whole life (laughs) been lied to and also I was really nervous I just thought I was going to get pregnant my gynecologist told me like pretty much good luck like if you're not on the IUD or the pill you're pretty much just going to get pregnant. And I was like, okay, that is really frightening to hear from gynecologists. And then, you know, I started doing my own research. I went back to school for this all and I realized that that is anything but the truth. And now I help other women and those with a ovulatory menstrual cycle do the same. Unless, of course, you do want to get pregnant because I can help you with that too. My older sister was on the pill for 15 years and she stopped last July. Because her and her husband, my brother-in-law, really wanted to start having children this summer. And so we worked together. We supported her liver and her gut and just total body elimination and detoxification. And she wasn't getting her period back at first. And she was really anxious. And she thought something was wrong with her body. And I was like, nothing's wrong with your body, sister. You were on the pill for 15 years. It's going to take some time and reassurance from your mind and body to make sure that it's safe enough to start ovulating and to start reestablishing that communication between your brain and your ovaries. And sure enough, she got her cycle back. And it was very healthy and consistent. And now she's pregnant with my future niece or nephew. We're not sure yet. And I'm not sure if she wants to find out, but we are all so incredibly excited. And it was a beautiful, like healing sister moment where we were hugging each other and crying and just so happy. And when she told me the baby was the size of a blueberry. So now my nickname for this baby and will be my nickname for its entire life is blueberry. (laughs) So that being said, Our bodies are so beautiful and so unique in the way that it works. And we have been told so many lies about everything about ourselves and our worth and how our cycles work and that, you know, we can get pregnant so, so easily and it just can happen anytime you have sex. And it's just really not true. There's also an unspoken, silent epidemic of fertility challenges going on in our country and in the world at large. So I'm very empathetic for everyone who's silently struggling right now because that's another thing we need to work on society is you know we're told like don't tell anyone you're pregnant until you've passed the first trimester and it's really sad because even if you do have a miscarriage don't you want support from your loved ones and from your friends so I really encourage everyone to just give themselves more love and grace and you take more time for yourself on a daily basis on a cycle basis season everything to nurture yourself first and to really reevaluate all of these really absurd stories and societal norms that we have been fed and given since the moment we entered into this earth. And in fact, we were even given a lot of these notions in utero when our mothers were pregnant with us because everything that the mother encounters emotionally and physically, we take on as well. So this is my little permission slip for you, (laughs) so to say, to just go today right now because this podcast episode is ending. Go give yourself lots of love, a squeeze, meditate on just pretty much all of the BS and crap you've been told all your life and figure out what is going to work best for you in terms of getting back your divine womanhood and femininity. And I hope that Peace Love Hormones can be a really great supporter and cheerleader in this journey of yours. Until next time, sending you lots of love. Peace, love, hormones. 
Hi, love bugs. Thank you so much with all of my heart for tuning in to another Peace Love Hormones podcast episode. If you feel inclined to do so, please give us a rating and even leave a comment review would be so helpful or sharing on Instagram or sending me a message, any of the above. I love it all and appreciate every single one of you. And don't forget to use code podcast, all lowercase podcast on your order of Soothe or any of the items available for purchase on the Peace Love Hormones website. And also don't forget to sign up for text and email reminders. Much love, Maddie.